0: You're listening to Rise and Shine, broad chats with real women in small business. We explore the wisdom, stumbles, and wins of females who are carving out their own path in the free fall of business ownership. I'm your host, Rachel Green, SEO copywriter and founder of Shine Copy. Let's do it. Hello. In this episode, you'll hear from Laura Duncan, brand identity designer from the design room. Now, full disclosure before we get started. Laura is my graphic designer and the creator of my branding, so I enter this chat with endless affection for her work and I'm so happy to share her with you. Laura, step up and say hello and introduce yourself.
1: Hi, hi Rachel. I'm really proud of you for starting your own podcast and stepping out of your own comfort zone and doing something like this as well. So um, I'm honoured and happy to be here and be a part of your story as well.
0: Oh, thank you, Uh, Laura.
1: (laughs) You're very welcome. Um, So about me, um, I'm Laura, mom and wife. Um, I love rock music, love dogs. Um, I'm a book lover, a wine lover. Um, In case anyone needs any clarification at this point, I'm Irish. Um, Been living in Brisbane for about 14 years and the accent is staying strong and it's not going anywhere anytime soon um I'm a brand and web designer um I've always been a creative person so I do this job because it's exactly what I love to do and it's the only thing I probably could do as long as it's something in the creative space I think that's that's just me to my core um I work a lot with um female business owners um you know female creative entrepreneurs, copywriters like yourself, you know, in that creative sort of space, like architects, um, things like that. I do work with, um, some corporate businesses as well, but I do love working with small female business owners, probably in that new year stage of their business where, um, you know, they're new to branding, they're new to everything. They're hearing so much space online about all the things they need. So I like to, you know, help clients through that journey, um, and you know be a helpful friend to them I suppose as well as being their brand designer and so that's kind of me in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) Awesome you have always been creative what did you do before you were a graphic designer?
1: Um, I've always been a graphic designer so went to university studied um, um, art and design uh, design for visual communication so It was always going to be somewhere in this creative space of, you know, digital design, advertising, web design, something like that. So, um, yeah, I've always been an arty person, always did art at school. Um, Funnily enough, my business is called The Design Room because I want to keep myself open to um, interior design, photography, something like that, maybe down the track, because that's something I'm really passionate about as well. So, um, yeah, just creative stuff that's me (laughs) wow
0: that's so cool that you always kind of knew what you were going to do and where you would end up because I sure didn't (laughs) really yeah like I left uni with a a marketing and management degree and I was like okay I don't even know what I would be typing in uh on seek to find a job I've got no idea (laughs) I just kind of thought oh this is what I'll do and before I did that I did a bachelor I started a bachelor of arts and I quickly realized okay uh philosophy and ancient history not going to get me a job in the modern world no <laughs> yeah but direction. did you so find it cool. exciting
1: did you find that exciting or mm-hmm. did you think it just wasn't there wasn't enough passion behind it for you to make a career out of it as well
0: uh I think it wasn't exciting and I think I was doing it because it's what I thought I should do I was following yep. in my mum's footsteps if I look back yep
1: yep and now
0: when I want to look back at the life I've had since then, I'm I clearly haven't followed anyone's footsteps. I've just made yep. my own path. <laughs> Good. yeah Good. And I know you work from home like so many of us. Have you always worked from home?
1: Um, no. Uh, I worked for a few advertising businesses and print and design firms. Um, you know, when we first came to Australia and as a new mom, I did that part-time. Um, you know, only went back to, you know, that one to two days um scenario when you know I was a new mom, and just got to the point where I just didn't want to do it anymore it wasn't really a very creative space that I was in at that stage it was a, a print company um, I felt like I wasn't getting to be creative enough and I just wanted to see if I could do it myself I wanted that flexibility that we all do when we become moms. we realize that we just don't want to do that nine to five thing and be out of the house and you know just drive to work and and traffic to and from every day and lose a couple of hours that's just it's just not for me it's not what I want so um that's why I decided to start my own business
0: that's so cool that's like a lot of us I think yeah absolutely flexibility and we don't want to do the commute
1: (laughs) no absolutely not I can't go 15 minutes and deal with a traffic light without complaining about it so I'm very much stuck to forever working from home at this point I I've been too blessed with no traffic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when you work from home what does your ideal work day look like because I know you live near the beach is that right?
1: Uh, yes we're um, North Bayside Brisbane so um, I love an early morning start. I do aim for a 5 a.m. start when possible so that I can get up have a coffee and just go straight to my computer. So I'll do some maybe easy jobs in the morning. And by the time my little boy gets up then by around seven, if if I've done that, you know, on schedule, that's two solid hours where I've got something really good done. So it's just got such a good start to the day. I feel accomplished, you know, like I've already ticked something off the list Um, so then we get ready for school and then, um, I go for a walk along the waterfront or go for a swim and then come back and get stuck into like that creative space then. So I've been out in the fresh air and I'm ready to design. So that's when I'll do my brand design or my website design and things like that and work on that for, you know, a good solid few hours. Um, and then have a break and, you know, do something more adminly or talk to, um, have some discovery calls and talk to clients and things like that so after that brand design stage in the morning I'm a bit exhausted like I've, it actually takes a lot out of me when you're in a really creative space because I work fast I've got my music on in the background loud and I'm just in a speedy creative happy zone <laughs> so I don't even realize it but a few hours later I'm like oh wow god I'm tired I Need to stop. and you know just do something that uses less brain power
0: (laughs) that sounds like a like a dream of a work day to start early and like pack stuff in before everything else happens and before everyone's else is up
1: sometimes I'll feel guilty for going for a walk in the morning and having that hour along you know the waterfront to myself so at least if I get up early and do a little bit I can do that a little bit more guilt-free um, but that's my one rule in business is make that time for myself in the morning after I drop my son off to school you know I'm like this is my guilt free time I'm not going to feel guilty about this I'm going to do it no matter what so that's my one rule that I have to do before I start work
0: good for you you keep to that rule. Yeah. girl good, good on you. I know
1: I know but I have to remind myself don't feel guilty don't feel guilty <laughs> So, no, yeah. you
0: shouldn't feel guilty. No,
1: I know. And I'm getting better. The more, you, the more you do it. But yeah, there is always something else you could cram into that hour if it didn't do it. You know what I mean? But you just have to shut that noise out and go, right, this is what I'm doing. It's really important um, for Headspace and even to listen to a business podcast. It's still maybe in the work zone or, and getting me in the mood for work. But um, it's outside and it's something different. So
0: Yes, it's still productive. And it's yeah. still... Like yeah, I think if you didn't do that, like I always exercise at seven in the morning before I get my children out the door, um, and if you don't do those things that you need for your headspace, you just crumble. Like
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so when I you're
0: working pl- at home all the time, is there anything that distracts you? Like I don't know, a fur baby or loads of washing or whatever? <laughs> no, no,
1: not really. I'm I'm pretty good. I'm really strict with my day in a sense that. You know once I come back, I sit down. Um, I you know, try not to have my phone near me. I don't want to go on Facebook, I don't answer phone calls too often. Um, you know, I've, I think maybe in the early stages of my business, my husband might have thought, Why is there a, a, a wash load of washing by the end of the week? I'm like, Well, that's because I was working, and if I am washing clothes, I'm not making a living and building my business. So, you have to just shut that off until whatever time of day. You decide that it's okay to finish work. So, no, I don't get too distracted. I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I've got my diffuser going, I've got my music going, I've got all my little things in place that helps me get into the zone, I think.
0: Discipline also.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go me. I've got discipline. Woohoo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> you work in a really crowded niche, I think. There are so many graphic designers out there, and it's a space where I think every designer is effectively tasked with making their clients stand out because that's what Mm -hmm. every business wants to do. How do you make your own brand stand out?
1: It's about being true to yourself and being true to your own values. Um, You know, the reason why you're in business, what your, what your mission are, what your, what your purpose is. So, you know, myself, I think I'm, you know, maybe an understated person. I like things that are sophisticated high-end so that's the branding persona that actually is the design room as well so um i think clients can maybe come to my website see that that's me but they also see that's the the service that i'm going to offer them so both of those align quite well for me um now in saying that i do do you know bold branding like your own um i do a lot of bold colorful branding but i don't want a client to come to my website and see this bold, confident brand identity, because it's probably not my personality. I'm a bit more introverted, a bit more shy. I do like that really sophisticated high-end look. So that's what they see when they come to me. But um, what the story is, the message I want to get across to your client is that I can help you be yourself and pull all that goodness out of you and those ideas out of your mind and present that to you visually. Mm. And that I think
0: is what so many people do want. They they want to be seen as themselves to a degree, like not their whole self-revealing their whole yes. life online, but they, they do yes. want to be seen authentically as them. Do yes. you feel like with your clients that um, there has to be a separation of person from the brand or do you think it's okay to kind of mix them together?
1: Um, no, I think it's okay to mix them together and I think it's really important to do so maybe you know this is it this is a huge conversation but maybe it's more important for like a one person you know a solo business to to add more of themselves in there and show more of their personality because a client is going to come and work solely with you Um, but in saying that the larger businesses need to do this as well they need to show personality they need to show um, a bit of their quirkiness whether it's sense of humor or Um, their cheekiness or their boldness um, adding those things in there really help attract the right customer and it makes you relatable as well you know if someone can find a common ground with you or feel connected to you because you know we both like the same author or we both really love you know think wellness and fitness is you know a, a really core value of your life then we've got a connection and you're going to want to work with me so the more you can bring in of yourself is, is great. Um, but in saying that, that's probably something that I struggle with most in my business. Um, I find I'm quite a private person. Uh, I don't feel the need to share my life online. I, I don't want to, I forget to. It's just not me naturally. So I do think, and I think a lot of businesses struggle with us as well you know maybe not wanting to show too much of themselves um so I can very ironically urge your listeners to not do what I do and get yourself out there and do show you and be braver than I am you know so <laughs> but we'll. I'll get there <laughs> someday
0: I don't know if it's about being brave though it's just about being sustainably yourself I suppose yeah. And, you know, if you're um, if you're more closed by nature, then that's the right way for you to do it. So that's
1: okay. Absolutely. absolutely. And I I totally think that, you know, after being in my fourth year in my business, that's my attitude. Now, you know, I I can't be anyone other than myself. I can't wake up in the morning and go on Instagram stories to talk to everyone and tell them what I'm going to do. It's just not me and it just doesn't come naturally. So. You know, I could feel guilty about that or I could be hard on myself for not doing that. Or I could just say, well, look, there's other ways that people can get to know me and find out more about me. You know, we can jump on a call together. I think it doesn't take too long for someone to realize how passionate I am about brand identity and how fast and animated and excited I get once I start to talk to people about it. So, you know, people get to know me eventually. It's just it's just not in the way that we're told that we all have to do I suppose that is the best because you
0: wouldn't be comfortable with that and yeah as the you know the as the designer who a client comes to work with you've got to kind of set I guess set the boundaries and say this is how it is when you work with me this is how I do things and you know if you don't like it then then you don't need to choose me so I think exactly. that's great yes yeah. show, showing up as yourself inside your business and outside, I think they're important um, elements that we need to think about. And I can see that you're really doing that because yeah. you're more comfortable, obviously. I know from working with you, like we have this, I think we had a Zoom, like a discovery call at the very yep. start. And then we talk by video several times throughout our working relationship. And yeah, it just shows, you know, you're more comfortable doing that directly one-on-one in mm-hmm. your space than yes. publicly to on Instagram.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe I'm just a wee bit more old school in in my business ethics or you know yeah I just don't really feel the need to to put myself out there daily but you know it's I'm still professional and I think people get that eventually when they come in and talk to me you know so it's it's an old maybe a more old school way of thinking you know which, which generation am I am I generation x y I don't really know but I think I'm on that cusp of generation where It is a little bit more old school it's having real life conversations it's just not on stories and sharing my private life online yeah that's okay
0: yeah does um imposter syndrome happen to you um
1: not really not too much probably a little bit in regards to that online space and not wanting to show up there um there's a little bit of imposter system, syndrome that jumps in, you know, like who needs to hear what I want to say or things like that. But um, I, I I, think I just be kind to myself and, and move on from that and remind myself as well, that that's just not what I want to do. So don't feel guilty that that's just what I'm being told to do. Yes.
0: That's cool. Very good. Okay, yeah. I, w- I want to ask some more kind of, I guess, branding questions, because I think for a lot of people, whether you have, in, you know, an e-com business or, a service brand there's like a bit of a mystique about you know what is a brand and what it does for you and why we we need to invest in it so Mm -hmm. I really want to pick your brain about a few of those questions um so I think one of the things that we're often you know that's often thrown around is having a strong brand what is a strong brand in your mind
1: Um, there's lots of components to this, I suppose. (laughs) Is Um, this a whole other podcast episode? (laughs) It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole conversation in itself. Yeah. So what is a a strong brand? Um, a brand that I think has a strong personality, um, that can show up and show that uniqueness, um, be brave enough to show their, you know, their sense of humor, their boldness, you know, those things that we mentioned before, um, a brand that is consistent um it's is very important you don't want to confuse your audience so the more consistent that you can be in in brand identity is is integral
0: do you mean like Um, consistency in terms of like the same look and feel across all your like creative stuff
1: uh, yes. Um, your, uh, but as well as your messaging, you know, the, the same tone of voice, the same, same messaging, that's where obviously you'll come in working with your clients. So there needs to be consistency there, um, consistency and probably, you know, maybe even what you want to share of yourself privately um, behind the scenes. Um, but as well, the, the consistency with the visuals. I think some, you know, customers might feel, um, you know, that, that it's getting boring or they need to try new things. But I think consistency is, is massive in using those same colors, using the same fonts, um, you know, those same little elements for a while. And then, you know, you can add little things in, but you don't want to just change it completely, mm. you know, after you've had that for 12 months or two years or whatever, you know, subtle changes, it's just... I think we uh, ourselves, when we have our brand identity, we might be looking at it thinking, is it becoming a bit stale or boring? But how many people are actually seeing all of that? Are they getting bored of it? They probably haven't got to that point. Um, It was a marketer that had said online, um, if you're starting to get to the point where you feel like you're um annoying your clients or boring your clients or getting too much for them you're just actually starting to get to the point where they are seeing you you know there's a I don't know what the statistic is but I know it's very low like maybe 10 percent of the content that we put out there is actually seen so if we're thinking that it's we're being too boring and too consistent but really we're not really and the more consistent we can make that we we have such a short st- time frame for someone to recognize us the more consistent you can be is better they need to be able to see oh that's instantly shine copy you know before they scroll through
0: yes I know what you mean and in my work particularly like key messages that's a major part of what I do like extracting from someone's brain and their business and how they do things extracting those things that we've got to repeat that um speak to what the business does and its values and who it serves. And I'm always kind of educating my clients that it's okay to repeat those things Mm -hmm. in the copy, those key messages, because Mm -hmm. just as you said, people are not absorbing even 50% of what you're putting out there. So yes, I can see the need for consistency. But I was thinking when you see a brand that's inconsistent, how does that make you feel? Like, does it turn you off? What happens?
1: Um, Yeah, look, I think it can do... It, it does it turns me off I'm a brand designer so you know I do have opinions about design um <laughs> that might it might not you know someone else might not say those things but I think it can also it can confuse your clients it can lead to um mistrust um you know if if you don't know who you are and what sort of message you're putting out there it, it doesn't um give your potential clients much um, faith that, you know, exactly what you're doing, Um, you know, like even inconsistent brand identity, is it, are you following trends? Are you just copying something that you saw and thought, oh, well, that worked for them. I'm going to try and do a little bit of this too. But, you know, it's so easy to be tempted. I know a lot of clients that, you know, they can go on Canva, they're doing their social media templates, and then they see the ones that are there and they're like, oh, I'll take that one. And, you know, I'll take that one and then you put your thing together and it's completely inconsistent because you're not going back to that starting point, that complete visual package that, um, you know, was consistent and completely right for you. You know, we just, if we could stick to that a little bit more, I think it would, it would help a lot of people.
0: Hmm. I guess it's like shiny object, object syndrome. Ooh,
1: look a- over there absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> i think you do see that a lot where um, i can see it as a brand designer where it's just yeah that shiny object syndrome comes across all the time changing their look changing changing the social media templates changing websites too often changing logos changing colors um you know i think if you can get your brand identity done right in the beginning um you know it's a that's another question when do we when do you invest that amount of money in getting it done properly but i do think whether if it's not your first year if you do start off with something a little bit cheaper i do think within the first three years it's really important to get your brand identity done properly um so that you know you can can stay with that so that then you can move on to something else that's important in your business you know instead of do you don't want to be stuck in this circle for too long there's so many other things That you can be doing to grow your business
0: yes that's true i do think though that sometimes we just start we don't even know really much about branding other than oh i need a logo and Mm -hmm. it sometimes does take time maybe a year or two to figure out well number one that your business or your hobby or side hustle or whatever you call it is viable but number two that you know what you're doing and who your client is or your customer and what's extraordinary about you that takes time to figure out and until you've got those things clearly and you can articulate them you're probably not ready to invest in branding anyway that's my take what about you do you agree
1: um yes I think I uh, agree 100% with what you have said I think I get you know people that come to me in different stages and I know whether they're ready for the branding or not you know some clients do come and maybe think that they want the whole branding, but if they don't really understand their business, um, you know what message they want to get out there, um, understand their, their values and things like that. If they don't understand them at that stage, then I think it's a wasted opportunity to spend that money on the branding. Mm. Uh, some clients do know those straight away. You know, I've had, I've worked with a lot of clients who just do get their business more than others, unfortunately for some of us we kind of need to fumble around a wee bit before we get those answers and you know it's just it's just taken us longer to get there um so I think it depends on how ready you are in the sense of how well you know your business mm. um and as opposed to that knowing whether it's going to work out is this a viable business is this going to make me money um as well as another part of it so there's just a lot to think about there yes that's true. and I, I, I totally understand that and you know Can relate to that as well you know we've both started our businesses and had these questions ourselves that's right we have (laughs) Um, and one other i
0: guess kind of abstract term for a lot of people in business is that the concept of a brand being a storyteller how do you i guess kind of simplify that and, and help us understand how can a brand tell a story
1: I think again coming down to those core values of your business like what is it you stand for you know what do you really believe in those are the type of things that you can start to tell your audience the the whole purpose of brand storytelling is to evoke emotion from a client um and to gain trust from a client as well so that's the, the main purposes of why you want to tell a story um but you know you can do that in ways of showing behind the scenes of your business showing talking about something that you feel really passionate about if it um is a cause that you really believe in or you know it might doesn't have to directly relate to your business but if it's some if it's a big part of your life then um you know those are ways that you can bring that branding in for a personal business um or if it's you know more of a a a product based business then you know why they started their business. What? It, why is it they do what they do? Tell that story to people, and it and it helps them connect with that business just a lot more. Um, so that's maybe more the emotive side of it. The brand st- storytelling that I do is when someone comes onto a website or comes onto a social media feed and sees a business, I want that per- that client to visually. Understand this business that they see. I want them to be able to see their personality, their vibe, their what they offer—all of these things in one go—is visually represented with your brand identity. So, brand identity is storytelling, in, in a sense, in the visual side of things. Yes,
0: that makes sense. Thank you. Great explanation. As I said, I think <laughs> it is something that people <laughs> grapple with, and it's thrown around a lot. So, it's good to hear just simplified down to earth explanation yeah. good, good. <laughs> do you ever have like creative block when you just like I just can't find the design I just can't find what to create does that happen
1: um yeah I think so I think it's less um, maybe less dramatic than how you see it in the movies where you know you see a writer or um, a painter and they. You know, a, a writer goes off to a cabin for six weeks to write a novel and he hasn't written a page of a story and just that writer's block. I don't get I don't get that type of feel. But um, I certainly, you know, working on a brand identity project, there's days where it's just everything comes together and it just feels so right. Um, but there can be times when it doesn't. And if it and if it, you know, I could be a couple of years in and think what's what's not working um You know, this is just not working right now, and I think the best way to do that is just to walk away and have a break. Mm, I do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's amazing. Then you come back, and all of a sudden you're like, "Woo!" You know, <laughs> it just it starts to come together. But you know, you could have just sat there and wasted eight hours working on it, and might, maybe not getting there. So you might as well just walk away, have a break, and come back with a fresh mind.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. You've got to come to a point when you're like, okay, this is just shit. I've just got to leave yeah. it and walk away yeah. and come back. But you need to be able to yeah. recognize when that's happening so exactly. that you can not- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to ask you before we finish about, I guess, a debate that you know I feel strongly about, and that mm-hmm. is a website copy versus design first. So lay it down for me. What comes first and why?
1: <laughs> okay. We love this conversation, don't we? The copy 100% needs to come first. Um, so for me to design a website, I build the design after receiving the copy. So the you give me the copy and then I make it visually want to be read and I add images and elements and colors in certain places. In a way that makes a viewer want to read that website. So there's no point in me putting something together with no text because it doesn't have context, it's not relevant. Even placement of you know a, a brand photograph needs to relate to the copy. So all of these things comes, you know, comes together, and I'm the last person that will will, will come to that. So we'll start with the brand identity. Then generally, a website copywriter will do the website copy. We might get a brand photo shoot done as well. Um, And I need to get both of those things in place before then I actually start the design. Um, So, yes, 100% copy needs to come first. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Is this this done and dusted? Have we finalized this?
0: I know that some like many people still struggle or they come like they come to a copywriter and they're like oh um i need my designer's waiting for the copy i'm like oh mm-hmm. that's that's great but then they put pressure on you because the designer wants to get going and then yeah. yeah so i think it's an important conversation to have because there's there's so much education that needs to be done for small business Absolutely. owners i think about kind of the right way to do things i mean yes. i always go on about how you know we should do a business our own way um and do it in a way that's right for you but in particular elements of it it's like just the mechanics of design mm-hmm. and copy mean it needs to mm-hmm. be done in a particular way so we've got to follow the process
1: <laughs> absolutely when we're we can do business in our own way when it's just us but when we're working with other professionals then yes there is a a sense of protocol of of how we all want to work together and you know we've tried and tested this and we know what gets the best result mm. um so I know clients sometimes are really keen for me to start as well, and they don't understand why I can't just just put something together. Kind of show me what it looks like without the copy or without the brand photographs, or but it's only half as it's only half of the story. Mm. You know, we need it all to be there before I can put that complete story together. Yes,
0: that's a great way to explain it.
1: Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, mm-hmm.
0: Laura. How can we know when we've upgrown our brand? Are there like I don't know warning flags or something that we should look for and when we should be thinking like, okay, I think I'm ready for a redesign or a refresh.
1: Um, I think when you're starting to feel embarrassed by it, (laughs) that's that's probably way too late. Um, But I I do have some clients that come and they're just completely embarrassed and they're like, please help me. This is so bad, you know? And it could be that it's, you know, that could be a, a 10, 15 a 15 year old logo at that point with, with no branding with it. It was just a logo and the website's two colors and, you know, it's just been mashed together, possibly in the wrong order. The copy wasn't done first, you know, like it's, we're all, I think the more of these conversations we have, the more that we're educating people and the, the best way to do this. So um, yeah, I think one is being embarrassed about your brand and then maybe two if you're attracting the wrong people um maybe if you've got a slow slow down in you know client inquiries or you know you're getting more messages from the type of people that you don't want to work with then there could be a misalignment there with um that visual identity and that message that you're putting out so it could be time to relook at that
0: cool i think it's probably comes down to for a lot of small business owners it's just a feeling (laughs) just like okay it's time I'm this is not feeling right it doesn't kind of align with where I'm at it just doesn't fit anymore so
1: yeah you know and and it's good to ask for that feedback I suppose from clients as well like you know what do you perceive when you see my when you see my branding and when you go onto my website and look on social media like get get feedback you know that's maybe something that we can do probably we should all do it more often but at least if we did that every every couple of years we could we could get a sense of whether we're doing it to the best of our ability yes that's a great idea and something that
0: I always do as a copywriter you know talking to clients and yeah thinking about their language and yeah there's a lot of I don't know gold I think in asking your people yes. the questions yeah. that you need to ask yep. so you can move forward yeah
1: yeah absolutely
0: Okay. Before we finish a couple of rapid fire questions. So just give me whatever your brain's got. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> Tell me
0: about your worst mistake in business.
1: Trying to follow the haired, but I've never been a, a very good haired follower anyway. So. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> okay. What's the most common misconception about branding? Um, maybe I think probably in the last few years, you know, we all are at the point now where we know we need a brand, but um, there's still some people who think you know they can they can do it with a logo and piecing it together. So, a common mistake is thinking you don't need a brand. Um, another one I see that I've spoken about already is being a little bit brand obsessed and rebranding, rebranding on repeat um changing things up all the time because you're following a trend and not really just going back to those core questions um thinking that you don't need to be consistent and thinking that you maybe you're being a little bit boring um by being consistent I think that's a that's a huge misconception um and one that we need to really stop and think about that one um or maybe copying other brands again because you saw that something worked for them so you're going to try and replicate what they have done but um there's probably a very good reason why it's worked for them because they have you know asked those key questions and really understood their audience and their message so that's why it's worked for them so it probably isn't going to work for someone else Mm, okay
0: um tell me about your most delicious biggest win
1: Recently, I've been kind of saying to myself, I'm, I am proud of where I am at in my business. And I think that's a really, you know, I can feel a bit ballsy and confident and, you know, contrite to say I'm proud of myself. But I do try very much to remind myself of how far I've come in a few years. Um, I'm doing business in my way, not not in the ways that, you know, I maybe I'm being told to. No one's telling me, but, you know, just social media. I blame social media for everything. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So just being, uh, gaining confidence, I suppose, and doing exactly what I want to do. So I think I'm just, there's no way I want to be doing anything else than what I'm doing right now. So I think that's a major win, And I think it's something that we um, should all be thankful for if we're in that position to say, look, I love working from home. I love my own business. And this is this is what i need this is this is it you know i'm i'm doing what i want so that's a that's a huge a huge accomplishment i think it is it's massive and it's yeah
0: awesome to hear you give that answer because i think it's when someone asks you a question like that it's so easy to just think of maybe like a metric or like hitting yeah. a revenue ceiling or something but yeah. yours is i think the best of all to feel proud of yourself yeah. and to Me allow too. yourself the space to feel proud. That is remarkable. Go, Laura.
1: It is. And it's hard, isn't it? Because you do, you feel, you feel contrite in being proud of yourself. But, you know, who else is going to be proud of me? It has to be, it has to be myself, you know? So, yeah. Incredible. Yes.
0: I'm proud of you too, Laura, (laughs) for whatever that counts. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm proud of you too. (laughs) Thank you so much for chatting today, Laura. Where can we go to um, find you or work with you and just find out a bit more about
1: you um okay probably the best place is to go to my website um which is the um or you will find me on instagram as well um with the handle at the design room au um so if you just go on there you'll be able to enter into my world um, join sign up to a freebie if there's something that interests you and that will get you um in, into my words so you can talk to me further ask me a question on dm just come say hello awesome thanks laura you're very welcome thank you so much for having me rachel
0: legend thanks for listening to rise and shine head to your podcast player leave a review and subscribe so we can spread the love to more brave business-minded women like you you can find me online at shinecopy.com.au